Welcome to the View from the North Cove, a fairly regular podcast covering all things North Cove Celtic. This podcast aims to get some of the North Cove news across in an easy to digest fashion uh, while exploring fan culture from a bit further afield at the same time. We'll be steering away from the usual 4-4-2 who's playing right back type chat that's already covered elsewhere and instead we'll be focusing on the stuff off the park. I'm your new host Kev and if that wee spiel sounds familiar it's because I've just ripped it straight off of Liam who you'll all have heard if you tuned into episode 1. Liam's away and left us all for Switzerland now, a place is actually quite familiar with this evening's special guest. I'm joined by Tony again, um, and also Connor here in the background, he's sorting all the technical stuff out. We also have John Paul Taylor along with us again. Um, for, th- for those of you that don't know John Paul, he's a supporters liaison officer uh, for the club. As well as being special guest on episode one, John Paul's been a, a big help for us um, in sorting out other guests for the podcast, including tonight's guest, XL Tosh McKinley. Tosh, just like to thank you um, for coming along and taking the time out to speak with us. And what I'm going to do now is we'll go into a wee short break. Uh, I'll pass you on to Tony, who's going to fire Tosh some questions about his experiences growing up a Celtic fan and then into his playing career. What is so special, Tommy, about this Celtic support? What do they mean to Tommy Burns? What's so special about them right here, John? Just right up there, that's what's so special about them. They're there and they're always there. And God bless everyone. Hello Tosh, it's no really questions as such Paul, but it was just where, uh, like where you grew up and where age you started going to games. It usually when we were kind of younger, the boys that were decent football players ended up having to miss the games because they were always playing themselves. So did you get the games regularly yourself? Did you go with people or was you too busy kind of playing football yourself at times? Well, first, firstly, it's a pleasure to be here. It's a pleasure Thanks. to be anywhere, to be honest. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was, uh, it was a big culture back then. Uh, I went with my dad and my granda in the home games uh, we met my granda and Anderson we used to get the train to Belgrove they used to uh, stone me outside the Shandon Bells and, and the Gallagate and they used to go in for a, a couple of pints you could do that at that time you know so I got a bag of sweets with it then we went to the game so it was a big thing for me every Saturday uh, my first game was against Morton here in 1972 and they had the blue and white hoops and my granddad got a bit mixed up that day because John Clark had ended up, he went to Morton. So there was a bit of a mix up. Sherrick and John Clark for no playing that well. My dad says, he's, he's with Morton now. So, and I think they actually changed the strip at half time to an all green strip. It was uh, green, uh, it was all green, top, shorts and pa- uh, right. socks. So that was my first game and me and John uh, our first cup final was the same cup final Dixie Deans uh, scored the hat trick against Hibs 1972 and uh, the away games we used to go in uh, first of all the Drumchapel Emerald bus that used to stop in Partick at the Smiddy and then take everybody to, to Celtic Park so it was like a joint thing and then later on we went in the White Inch bus so again it was a big thing on a Saturday going to away games at, at Perth and Aberdeen and Dundee you know it was like a, like a day out but it's been in the blood with me because uh, my uncles used to come for Linwood as well, so there was a big squad at section six up at the up at the Celtic end there. Mm-hmm. And at that time, obviously, you could take drink into the ground, so there was obviously a big carry out. But at the end, there wasn't really a lot to to be seen because they were all guzzling the booze, you know. So uh, 
and I was probably only taking it again to get my dad back home because he was half cut. <laughs> so, but it was a great experience, you know, growing up, going to the games, tail end of the lines, really, you know, uh, Jinky, Bobby Murdoch, uh, George Conley. Was there was there players for any kind of? Obviously, you'd have been playing football at that time. Was the players that any ones that Celtic can kind of in particular can kind of influence you? Or did you try to copy or? Well, like seventy-two. I'm only I'm only six. Right. So, but you're obviously playing in the in the back green and Aye. stuff, you know. So Jinky was, and he actually came to present me with my medals. We used to have a five-a-side tournament in the school at St Peter's in Partick, and uh, they got Jinky along to the Partick Borough Halls to present the the medals. So that was a big thrill for me. Aye. Obviously, watching a guy and then he, he presents. So that was an inspiration, really. Obviously, when you're growing up. You want to play for Celtic, that's mm-hmm. a big thing if you go to watch them. And luckily enough, later on, I lived the dream. But uh, I'm only six at that time, so you're only playing mm-hmm. in the back green. And then you go to primary school, and then you're desperate to get in the in the school team, so, you know. So, so, so see, when you got a wee bit older, like hitting your teens and that, did you no get as many games because you were concentrating solely on the football kind of thing, or did you still get to Rodwan? No, right up to under 12, you, you played on a Sunday, so I could get the game uh-huh. on a Saturday. So it was like playing for the school. Jumping on the supporters bus, going to watch Celtic, oh, nice uh, and then the Sunday playing for Celtic Boys Club. But then under thirteens, it started Saturday, so then uh, couldn't get to to many of the games after that. But Wednesday night games, I was at the four two game, obviously because it's a Wednesday night. Aye. Games like that, European games, Real Madrid, Juventus. What can, what do you kind of mind that the atmosphere and kind of different stuff like that? Was it obviously just chaos and wilder? Well, it was standing at that time you know so uh, I was pitched in the front uh, and I remember at that time they used to make the uh, the hard tats in the yard where you, you know they used to get the painters to to put all the stuff yeah. on it you know number seven jinky and my old man handed and he says I said to him what, what, what's that for he says you'll find out so all the bottles used to get fired in the front you know so uh, but yeah at that time standing but it would be mainly doing the front and finding your wee space yeah. at, at the Celtic end. Never in the jungle, really. Um, my old man and my granddad and, my, and his brothers were, were more uh, Celtic enders, you know. So you kind of went for the boys' club and then you went up to Dundee after that, was it? Mm-hmm. Um, what was the kind of... Was that a bit of a culture shock for you? Were you a bit disappointed and then you went up to there? Or how, how did that come about? No, it, to be fair, Dundee were the only team that ever asked me to go and... In trial, Aye. Uh, and when I went there for the two weeks, it was high unemployment at that time, as you know, in the in the eighties. Uh, so I wasn't that great at school. Uh, I qualified to leave school at Christmas. That was about the only thing I qualified for <laughs> in school. So I went there uh, for a two-week trial, and everybody thought I was signed S form for for Celtic, uh, but the guy. Uh, that scouted for Dundee, his boy actually played for the boys club in New Hudney. So I went there on a two week trial. Really liked it. The minute I stepped off the train, I thought, I, I like this, you know. Uh, and I thought it was the best opportunity I'd get quickly to get into, okay. into their first team. So that's why I, I took a step and going to Dundee. So Tosh, when you were up at Dundee, how did you find, you know, sort of coming back down to Celtic Park and, you know, being a big a big Celtic supporter and then obviously going away to Ibrox and places like that. How did you, you sort of find that? Well, there's a big, obviously, thrill to come back and play at Celtic Park, but there's obviously that thing that you might play well so that they notice you again and, you know, yeah. 
think in my time here, Davy Hay and Billy McNeil were the managers. Uh, so they obviously knew me for the boys club. Mark Reid was in position at that time and then Anton Rogan. So they obviously thought that uh, they were better players and uh, they didn't sign me, you know. So uh, you're obviously trying to play well against Celtic. So uh, try to prove a wee point to, to try and get back here. And your dad grand at the time of the, the abuse. Well, my grand was away, you know, oh, by the time uh, my two granddads unfortunately never seen me seen me playing professional and never my granddad never seen me playing right. for, for Celtic. So that was that was a bit disappointing. Yep. But uh, no, my granddad was old school, you know, he'd have uh, said I couldn't lace his <laughs> thing was Jimmy McGrory, you know, yep. I'd have wish he couldn't lace Jimmy McGrory's boots or that sort <laughs> causing fights at the game all the time, you know. Uh, so he'd have been old school, you know. Aye. If you played, gave you he would, yeah, he would have gave me pillars, you know. <laughs> don't play well against the Celtic and all that sort of stuff. So, but my old man, he ended up, like, he followed me through my career, you know. But mm-hmm. uh, there was always that big thing that hopefully one day I ended up back here, and and I thought the best opportunity I'd have got of Tommy Burns get the manager's job, and, yep. and that's mm-hmm. what happened, you know. He allowed me to. To live the dream and, and, and sign me at the age of 29, you know. So, and at that time, I think it was a, a good time to, to come back because I was experienced. Yeah. You know, if you come when you're 21 or 22, you don't really realize, you know, the if you're going to be here that length of time, yeah. sort of things. But uh, at 29, I was experienced enough to come back and, and uh, state a claim. And, and stay in the team, you know. See, we, you're saying you've been experienced. We were kind of looking through your stuff last night, Tosh, and obviously you played in Dun- Dundee derbies and different stuff like that, and after Dundee you moved to Hearts. But some of the games you've, you played with Hearts, uh, Bayern Munich, fucking, he's travelled to, he's played Dnipro in Ukraine or something. Dnipro, aye. And obviously that was like the early 90s, so that must have been when it's just the Union, Soviet Union was breaking up. What was you, you're talking about experience? But that must have been some experience for a boy for a scheme going out of Ukraine and playing against the Nipro and some of the other ones you played like Bologna, away, Slavia, Prague, Athletic, Athletic Madrid. Madrid. Yeah, yeah. So what, what, what was the well? It was any, a, it was any a step games kind of stuck you, out for you? Well, uh, the Bayern Munich game. Ian Ferguson scored against uh, Bayern Munich at, at Tincastle. No, the. Uh, one. The, well, we ended up. It was at Rangers, but the pretty boy one, no, the, no, the, the Ian Ferguson that we know, you know. So, and he actually started at Nindee the same time, so he was a mate of mine, and then we, uh, we crossed past at uh, Hearts as well. And that that night we should have beat them more than one nothing. Mm-hmm. And over there, uh, we've had a couple of chances. David McPherson had a chance to make it two, and then they need three to, to beat us. Mm-hmm. But uh, Ogintala stepped up and crashed one by Henry Smith. What, what was that? Can you mind much of the atmosphere? Was it completely different for the kind of atmosphere you'd been used to playing with Dundee and Hearts in Scotland? Like the Germans and the Ukrainians? Was, it, was there big crowds there? Well, it's in the Olympic Stadium, so that was like the running track, so uh, the, yeah. the punters were, were a bit far away, you know. Uh, so it wasn't that intimidating. Do, do do? But it was just a whole new experience because I, I hadn't played in Europe with Dundee. Mm-hmm. So when I went to Hearts, then I'm playing European football and it's it's a different different game, you know, you've got to and that's when you start picking up the experience of, do, you, do you think the people kinda of give Scottish fans a bit of a bad rep, but see with the the, the stadiums and they got the the pitch being so close to the stones kinda of thing, did you, do you 
maybe more intimidated or a bigger buzz or a bigger noise playing in the Scottish ones and as you say the Olympic Stadium with a big massive running track around about it was good. Well I think the atmosphere here at Celtic Park in the old stadium and the new stadium mm. is, is unique you know but you go to the places the, the most intimidating place I went and I wasn't playing that night I'd only sign for Hearts was Village Muster and it was, uh, it was crazy you I know, was all like, Yugoslavia you were having a yeah. and they're, they're banging the you know like the hotel windies and stuff and uh-huh. getting as they used getting it uh, and well, that night what was, was the result? <laughs> no I didn't uh, Hearts won comfortably uh-huh. you know they scored early uh, it was one at home I think but scored early over there so the tie was virtually finished and, and that was that run we eventually uh, get put out with Bayern Munich you know mm. with hearts I took much of a sort of support over there Tosh going Aye, it was healthy know. support you know, no as big as Celtic Aye. Uh, but it was a healthy one maybe a couple of thousand couple anyway thousand. you know and especially it's one in, in places, Munich there was maybe 8-10 yeah. thousand heart supporters there that night you know Gosh. so they kind of games that would I give you a better experience when you came to Celtic and when you signed for us when Tommy signed you you played one of your first Euro ones was Dino Batumi mm-hmm. you played over there and that was obviously in Georgia and a lot of kind of players that you read about talking about that story they said that was a bit fucking rough as well so was, eh? is that was your it, kind of experience I remember that? the room there was a big hole in the in the wall and, and I just we slept with our tracksuits on that night because there was no bed sheets in it it was, it was wild I just kept looking at this book home and I think there's just going to be a big rat running out <laughs> so it was it was a bit rough uh, but again we got the result uh-huh. uh, in between me uh, no a great record under Tommy Burns in, in yeah. Europe uh, the one that sticks out uh, is a PSG game uh, we played quite well that night and we got uh, turned over here but I think in, in Paris we played well that was the night the uh, the Oasis mm-hmm. uh, are not rocking all over the world wasn't it uh, status quo that's right, right. The, the punters were singing the, that the, the last kind of podcast we, we spoke to John Paul, Paul yeah. about PSG and that was kind of a big one for us when we were younger do, do you seeing you when you're on the park Tosh do you fucking do you take it in like how fucking loud it is with other fans kind of and you go no you can't be concentrating again but obviously we've just spoke about going over by and Sunday there yeah, and yeah. you only having 800 Supporters, it's difficult at times because mm. they've done it for a reason. It's intimidating, and when you go to these European places, then they crank up the noise and it's it's intimidating. But you've got to concentrate in the game mm. and uh, try and get a foothold in the game, get a bit of confidence, and keep keep the ball and stuff, mm. you know. But uh, again, the experience of more games you play, then you're more experienced and. Then later on, I, I was lucky enough to, to get Scotland caps and you got Euro 96 and France 98 and stuff, you know. So it was uh, all the games that add up, the mere experience you get and the mere, you know, uh, the mere it adds to your confidence. Mm-hmm. That must have been a big one as well, Tosh, but maybe not everybody's cup of tea, the kind of national stuff, but going down Euro 96 to Wembley and, and playing in a game like that, you know, atmosphere wise, that must have been a, been a big one as well. Well, to get an international cap, I, I was, I was like, 29 mm, and yeah. uh, I was lucky because John Collins was inside me and Boyd was Tom Boyd was at right. my back, you know. So that was a kind of Celtic triangle. Mm. Uh, again, the experience I keep talking about. Then I was 29, I was only 21, yeah. so I'm getting into a team uh, that I'm, I'm familiar with and I know the players are in about me. So 
the last two games, two qualifiers, a Euro 96, I played. Mm-hmm. And then I went to the tournament, I played against England at Wembley and yeah. then uh, Switzerland at Villa Park. Right. And again, we're a whisker away for no going through. We're a goal away because Clivert scored Aye, against I mean, England. I mean, that was if you get a kind of consolation goal, but Aye. it meant that we were out. It, right. yeah, so, uh, but it was a big thing for me, you know, uh, winning an international cap. Do you, have a, do you have a lot of family and stuff to used to get down, you know, travelling down those sort of games? Or? Well, I go back to when I watched the football, my dad used to take me to Wembley. Yeah. You know, I went to Wembley with my, my uncle and my dad, uh, and then he's going to watch it at Wembley, sort of thing. So it was a big thing for, for my dad. And it was accessible. Euro 96, they could get the trend in, you Aye. know, him and my uncle get the trend into the... the a bigger games. cargo. No, no, a teetotal at that time, <laughs> because they had enough of the, be- the bevy, you know, and I wasn't there to look after them, so they had to look after themselves. So, you're going down, uh, it's accessible, they could go to the game, so it was yeah. it was a big thing for me. And then, obviously, with France 98, then opening game against Brazil, you know, it was, it was a big Aye. thing. See, see, apart from, obviously, the Celtic, what... What kind of game was done out, kind of, no even like performance wise on the pitch, toss you like atmosphere wise, then you're maybe lining up or whatever that, you've, that you can mind in your head that you're actually thinking, going, like, fuck, you, like, here we go, kind of thing. Well, you're on 96, England at Wembley, but Aye. every time you ran out at Ibrox, then you always look to your left because that's the cause, that's Aye. what you're playing for, yep. you know. Uh, I'd been there myself, so again, yeah, it was a bit. it's a big thing you're actually on the partner mm. and what you're saying about concentrating in the game the year anyway you don't really hear that much you're concentrating that much on the mm. on the game you obviously hear the the hum of the atmosphere kind of thing but when you run it at Ibrox you always look to your left and that's the support and yeah. the cause that you're, you're mm. trying to do it for you know so uh, well we've spoken a wee bit about the Celtic there but um, obviously we, the date is the date's anniversary Tommy Burns and uh, kind of thought it would be a nice wee bit just to ask you a wee bit about him if that was alright, you know what I mean, your different things were at. Yeah, well, me and him go back, way back. Uh, I don't know if you've seen the documentary, but me and him go back, I was only 12. Tommy's sister and my aunt were friends, so he came to see me. Again, the inspiration thing, when I was 12, when uh, he came to my house in Partick and I had a wee talk, you know, he knew he grew up through the boys club as well, he just obviously ventured into his early days at, at Celtic, professional-wise, but he'd come through the, the boys' club ranks, so it was it was a big thing. But I did mention that I thought that was my best opportunity, no just because of the link, because of the way I played, and I yeah. thought I could fit into the the system that, that Tommy Burns was trying to uh, get here, and luckily enough, then uh, he signed me. And I must say, we didn't win the league, but obviously that game, 95-96, where we only... Most one game, you know, they talk about Liverpool and they talk yes. about in, in, uh, Invincibles. And it kind of sticks in my throat because uh, I think the football that we played, you know, under him and in, in, in that spell, especially that season, was fantastic stuff. And you only get beat one game and you I don't think, win the league. Yeah. I think a lot of people, that was when I was having my season tickets and that, and you'll still say it this time that it was some of the best football mm-hmm. you'd ever played. You know what I mean? When you had you and the left and like, you, McNamara, and that as well. and it was constantly attacking with him, and it was just—it was always just small fucking margins all the time. Aye, well we're cavalier, you know, and and that's the way we played. Uh, a bit foolish at times because Rangers were hitting us in the break, you know, allowed them 
Gascoigne would pick the ball and like, snap us a wee mm-hmm. bit, but I wouldn't change it for a minute because uh, I actually spoke to Chris Waddle about this, the football that he played at Newcastle and didn't win anything, you know, right. but the, the punters were coming back in their droves right. at that time. That's I virtually started the same time. John was back about a year and then I came and we, we talk about the revolution when McCann came, you know, the new stadium getting right. built. The first season at Hamden was, it was a washout for Shit. me, really, you know. But at the, end, at the end of that season, we won the cup. Aye, you set up the goal. Well, luckily <laughs> enough, I, I did, and I, and I had a hand in the goal. But uh, the first season we come back here, the place was in fire again, mm. you know, that North Stand. And again, I beat the drum for the punters because it was their money. Shelling out their, the biggest share issue that Britain's mm. ever seen, you yep. know. They raised 18 million to to build that stand, no Fergus McCann's money, it was the punters, mm-hmm. obviously he came back and put a few quid in, but it was the punters money that's... Uh, Made a harm. Yeah, definitely. And Tosh, how did you find, you know, you speak about Tommy Burns there, how did you find, with Tommy as manager, and going to places like Ibrox and stuff like that, and having that kind of Celtic men contingent throughout the team, the likes of yourself, and the likes of Peter Grant, and guys like that, how did you find, what was Tommy like, you know, maybe before big games against him and different things? No, he was like he played in the game, you know. Aye. It was just that uh, the passion and uh, always about the cause and the supporters, because yep. we were all supporters ourselves. But there was that hardcore. Yeah. Peter Grant, Paul McStay, mm. Tom Boyd, John Collins, mm. Packy in the goal. So there was that six, Quart. seven that yeah. knew all about the thing, and then he sprinkled it with the Van Hoydonks, mm. yeah. the Canos, George Cadet. So. There was always that hardcore that, that knew what the game meant yeah. to the punters and, and I think it's it's a big thing that. <clears throat> Some say that the burden of nine in a row hung out us a wee bit, probably it did, but uh, if you look at the games uh, that we played against Rangers at that time, nine times out of ten we'd probably beat them, we'd play them off the park, but yeah. just that wee extra, <clears throat> you know, when it came to the crunch, uh, they'd have that wee bit of mat and Sometimes you've got to hold your hands up, mm-hmm. go them in goals, you know, putting up the shutters, Loudrop, Gascoigne, yeah. McCoyce, nicking them uh, wee goals here and there, but uh, game it stands out three each game at, at Ibrox, you know, like yeah. and <clears throat> when you go there, Tommy Burns always said, fear's a useless emotion, you've got to go out and express yourself, get that jersey on and go out and play for the cause, and, yeah. and I think... Uh, that team especially that I played in you know that there's nobody could point the finger mm. and say we didn't go out and get the best shot mm. you know uh, we always ran Rangers close draws uh, my first uh, game against Rangers was at Hamden the 3-0 game uh, and that set us up for uh, the cup final yep. again there's a good bit of confidence mm. for that you know so I think if look back in the record then Rangers didn't really beat as much. It was a few draws and uh, big Malky scored <coughs> out there in, in a Scottish Cup tie. We beat them two mm-hmm. nothing, and that was the first time we beat them for mm-hmm. for a long time, and that gave us a bit of confidence as well. But it wasn't really against games against Rangers. It was against against Kilmarnock and stuff. They yep. were the kind of bogey team at that time. Mm-hmm. But that group of players, you know, I think that gave what's happening now. No, maybe no, no, but look. Uh, that gave the, the the club the platform to go and build and yep. uh, progress and really Celtic were back back on the map and challenging Rangers uh, before Tommy Burns came they were well, lucky to come mm. third and fourth you yep. know but that gave 
Uh, and then obviously Wim Jansen came and, and stopped the 10. Would Tommy have done it? Who knows, you know. Uh, but that's more than I regret, no win the championship because I think he deserved it and that group of players deserved Definitely. it. Do, do you think that it's kind of important for a team like Celtic like we were our history and our fan base that we have got I kind of wee, you were talking about yourself Paul McStay Peter Grant Tommy Boyd Packy Bonner and goals Jackie and all that yeah. I said all, all Tim's all and all I know what I said but working class Aye, scheme boys class, know, yeah. know what the fucking you're going against them you can stick about in against them or you, you can fucking go for yeah. it you know what I mean do you think that's as important as now, do you think it's still important that we've got wee boys like Tierney and Forrest and McGregor? It's been all the course to speak to boys that come in and go, like, This is what we're about. And yeah, I always like the, the homegrown players, players coming through the ranks, retaining the identity, as you say, players. It's in the fabric, you know, it's in mm-hmm. the blood that comes through and know exactly what it's like to stand in the terracing and know how it feels to get beat. And obviously, mm-hmm. the feeling of, of winning as well and winning leagues and cups uh, there was nothing better you know like that because at that time Celtic had they won a trophy for six years so you're going up the, the stairs at Hamden know the best game in the world were mm. under mm. severe pressure but you're going up uh, the stairs knowing that you're a winner mm. and uh, mm. nobody can really take that away for you but to see boys like Tierney and McGregor and Forrest coming through the ranks there's nothing better than that in my time Young Birchall was coming through Simon and Jackie were already in the team. We bought uh, si- uh, Jackie from Dunfermline. Uh, but players coming through the ranks, I-, I don't think there's anything better than that. And the, the punters really identify with that as well. And Tosh, you spoke about you know the, the North Stand and the, the share issue leading to you know, Parkhead and everything that was happening back then. And Celtic Park becoming, you know, you said there it was electric and becoming a bit of a sort of fo- a, a fortress type place again. How do you find it now for experiencing for a long time, you know, back with the Selic end in the old jungle to the, you know, Fergus McCann era, the way the, the stadium changed to the sort of new setup that, you know, we've got in the, the boys in the corner and you're obviously still attending the big Champions League nights and the big fixtures at Celtic Park. How do you, how, what's your experiences of seeing that sort of transition and what do you think of it now? Well, I grew up with the standing, you know, and it was yeah. the game where. Uh, obviously the, the booze get banned in 1980 you know yep. the, uh, in Celtic Cup final aye uh, <laughs> no I was actually sitting on the bus wondering where everybody was you know because uh, I see people pouring onto the pitch now oh, I'm no really for that I'm, I was sitting on the bus and I was sitting there for about half an hour and 45 minutes and then stragglers kept coming back and going you ought to see that up there and then it's not you you actually see it on the telly and John just brought up again my first Old Firm or Celtic Rangers game. It was Old Firm at that time. I know I've made a Freudian slip, but the boys, it was at that time, so uh, I can get away with it. It was in the Driver Cup. Celtic ended up winning five foreign penalties. But my my dad hadn't took me to one for a reason. So we get to uh, Hamden and we're there for the turnstiles open, but they weren't opening yet. And about half one kickoffs, not at three o'clock. That it was like Zulu down. You know, the Rangers supporters just compiling there. What's that? Uh, the North Stand at Summerfield Drive. Aye, right. They just come right out of there. And, oh, I was terrified. Me just standing there a minute. So <laughs> they come down. There's a kind of wee bit of skirmish, and that was before the game. That's yeah. an hour and a half before the game. 
he says, do you really want to win here? But we're, we're there anyway, mm-hmm. so Celtic won 5-4 and then there's Bedlam after the game. Ice cream vans are getting turned down. And so that was my first experience. Kind of experience all for the whole forum game, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if this is a wee bit of miscellaneous at near the end of this, but we read a, a quote and whether it's an old wife's tale or what the crack was, it was apparently in the match day programme before one of the games against them. And you were asked... The, player, the, the person you like you meet the most and you say the Pope and then it was like a fucking your favourite colour was green and then it was uh, Holy Destination Lisbon or Rome and fucking aye, aye. stuff well, like that kind of thing it's, John's it's, heard this a, a, a day a wee bit after dinner so uh, speaking and I embellish this a wee bit but it was <laughs> in the programme uh, the editor of the match programme they thought it was a bit, been a good idea to put my player profile in against them and it was like Favourite colour, green. <laughs> Favourite holiday des- destination, Lisbon or Rome. Person you'd most like to meet. John will tell you it wasn't the Pope, it was actually page three girl London on Saturday. But I did say it was the, it was the Pope, you know, so uh, I ran out and it was just absolute pelters, you know. <laughs> they think they know what you are, but that was sitting black and white, uh, they actually know. So that was... Wasn't the best decision of the editor of the match programme to do that. And you were kind of saying a wee bit earlier on before we started there that you were doing a wee bit of scouting or whatever the crack was, and you'd visited some places, Fernabachi, and uh, what was the other one? You, some of the other ones you say there for atmosphere wise. Um, what was it, Fernabachi and Olympiacos and the Panathinaikos derby? Was very comparable to. Some of the derbies here, or was it just completely off off the scale for yourself? Can I? Well, the Olympiacos game got abandoned after seventy minutes, and that was only the home supporters. There was no away supporters, so <laughs> you can only imagine if there was away supporters in. And it was fine until uh, Olympiacos scored, and then it was just peddling. Because <laughs> the ultras, first of all, tried to get to the Olympiacos dugout, and I thought, "What's happening?" I thought because they were all dressed in black. And I thought it was like stewards, but they tried to attack them, but they didn't put them out. They actually put them back in. Back in their butt. And I'm thinking, that's. And then yeah, Olympiacos scored and it was just bedlam. But I think your game, you know, the atmosphere in the ground is hatred, but I think it's better police now. There's no, you know, you don't really see many people getting getting huckled and many fights mm-hmm. at the at our game now but certainly over there it was, was that, the Apache game was is that what he says about when you moved to Switzerland kind of near the tail end of the kind of career that we were talking about Switzerland earlier big grasshoppers and their their ultras stop, this week uh, mm-hmm. stopping the game there because they got relegated for the first time in Aye, 60 years or something it's passionate tra- for people tra- their jerseys you know, it's, it's no but you understand that know what I mean being a Celtic supporter yourself I don't think I've ever run on and attacked anybody <laughs> right enough <laughs> Maybe I've been late in a couple of tackles, but I don't think I, I, I attacked anybody when I was a supporter. But that's the, you can the passion understand that, huh? Yeah, the ultras, it's it's a big thing. Uh, but back to you guys, I think, and I'm glad it's in the jungle side because I think it's it's all uh, relevant that it's probably like right. the old jungle which you're trying to create. And uh, for a couple of years there, the, the place was dead, but you have certainly brought that back, and, and it's a it's fantastic atmosphere, and you know, like, all the Tipo stuff, and the banners, it's it's great, you know, everybody wondering what's what's going to happen, mm. and you know, looking out for, for what you're doing, and, and it's obviously a, a passionate thing yourselves, you know, and the singing, and the, 
uh, the atmosphere that you create is, and I don't know if you maybe thinking about doing it either corner or has that been spoken about, John? Maybe no. Uh, no, yeah, we'll, we'll get really our feet under the table for a few uh, years, yeah, no, then, no, then we'll get the full selling end. Uh, and I know, John, there's a there's a lot of these and uh, lazies we use, and uh, but the atmosphere you've brought here has been been different class. I know what like it is. No, in the jungle, but big games in the Celtic mm. end, the yep. places jumping and the the atmosphere that that you guys create. It's, it's obviously very similar to when I was growing up. And, uh, Rangers games and stuff. Thanks very much. That's nice to hear that. Aye, aye, that's great, Tosh. Um, we'll kind of wrap it up there. So, just to say a big thanks again to Tosh for taking the time out, coming along, and speaking to us, to John Paul as well, uh, for all the help that he gives us. Um, and we're probably apologise for the length of time it's took as we, we were hopeful of uh, getting some more episodes um, rattled out, but. We've got Tosh here and we've got a few more lined up, so hopefully we can, you know, kick on and, and make the podcast become a, a bit more a regular thing. Uh, but again, just for thanks for coming along, guys. And uh, thanks to everybody for, for listening in.